Good evening and welcome to The Obelisk. Tonight's guest is Micah Dank. Micah T. Dank was born in 1983 in Oceanside, New York. From a young age, he had wanted to be a writer coming from a family of writers. His father was a producer and radio news editor at CBS News in Manhattan, and his grandfather was a producer at CBS News. Micah was an actor in high school and became interested in writing from his 12th grade English teacher, Russell Reed. From there, he majored in English at SUNY Albany and transferred down to Cooney Hunter College in Manhattan to earn his bachelor's degree in language, literature, and criticism. It wasn't until he moved to Boston for a new job that he became interested in all the esoteric sciences, including the astrology and astrotheology prevalent throughout his book series. Micah, welcome to the show. Thanks for having me. Oh, yeah. Welcome, Micah. This is exciting. So oh, Thank you. Just to start off, I just want people to know that you asked us to come in here cold <laughs> and not having binged you. So that's something I it's so rare for me. So, all right. <laughs> My hands are tied. Okay. Well, hopefully we can blow your mind tonight. I'm ready for it. And for those of you watching live, we're going to have a presentation on video. So aware it's not just audio tonight it's a big event tonight it's a big event it's gigantic it's humongous <laughs> it's monstrous so anyway hey. how how you want to do this mr dank we can jump right in and is that your real name dank it is, it is. really oh my god i love that so hard so <laughs> you should yep. sue everyone with like dank memes like because you know it's your name i love that everyone thinks it's a pen name well because it's so great everyone's jealous yeah they are jelly <laughs> i know i am totes, in a good way totes jelly mm -hmm. all right let me get this zoom up for you all right all right so <clears throat> let's just start if i were to ask you guys what the oldest writings were in history of human race what would you say they were what kind of writings well i'd say cuneiform yeah me too okay yeah something to that effect how old would you place that like five six thousand years maybe ten no i would at least go back to gobekli tepe gobekli tepe okay so what 12 then 10 to 15 thousand years old 10 to 15 yeah Okay. Well, the Lascaux caves go back 40,000 years. And what they are, are these caves that they found in France and they went into them. They went deep into them. And then when they went into them, they found things like this. Okay. They found, uh, you can see on the top left, you see the bull. Uh, on the right, you see the lion. At the bottom, you see the horse. They had all these kind of things on there. Can you, can you full screen your PowerPoint? I'm sorry. Like yeah. going to presenter, presenter mode. Hold on one sec. Just so it'll be gigantic on a on the zoom. Yeah, hold on. F five. I guess not. Uh. All right. Never mind. I'm sorry. Okay. So now, now I want to figure this out. <laughs> it would be under like a uh, view. It used to be F five. 
Did you get any of that weather out there, Jerry? The the rain? Uh, last Thursday, I think it rained really bad. I, I video, I put a video of it up on Twitter. I thought I heard there were like tornadoes going through Javertia too. Not here. Yeah, F5, it says F5 for PowerPoint. Is that PowerPoint? Oh, it's yeah, it. or is it? This is this looks like it's the best that I'm going to be able to do. Okay, no worries. It looks fine to me. Yeah, I just was. Yeah, wanted to make it bigger. I'm, you know, a dick. So you see the, <laughs> <laughs> so you see the bulls on the left. You see the lions on the right, and you see the horse at the bottom. In astrology, the bull is Taurus, the lion is Leo, and the horse is Sagittarius. It's just missing the guy with the bow and the arrow on it. Now, what they did was they carbon dated this wall. Okay. And it came back to about 40,000 years, give or take 5,000 years. Okay. <clears throat> and what they did was they then brought in an astronomer because they noticed the correlation. They brought in an astronomer and what they did was they rewound the skies back 40,000 years with the computer program. And they printed out what they had and they superimposed it over the cave. And what they found was all these lined up to the constellations of where they were 40,000 years ago. How do they know? Well, they have a computer. They had a computer program. No, no, no. How did the people who made it know? Because they had functioning knowledge of the zodiac forty thousand years ago. These hunters and gatherers. Hmm. Okay. And this translates into the Bible. Okay. There are questions that you can ask in the Bible that are astrology based. Some of them are as such: how Jesus was able to heal the blind, how he walked on water, how he turned water into wine why he had 12 disciples, why he was betrayed with a kiss by Judas, why he was dead for three days, why his birthday is on December 25th. All of that is astrology. Okay, and we're going to go into that. Yes. Okay, so Genesis 1.14 says, let lights appear in the sky to separate the day from the night. Let them be signs to mark the seasons, days, and years. And they're talking about the zodiac there. So now what I have to do is, in order to decode the Bible properly, I have to give you the cipher. And in order to give you the cipher, I have to go through the 12 signs and tell you what to look for in each sign. <clears throat> so if it's all right with you, I'll go through the 12 signs. And I apologize for any listener who already knows their Zodiac, but I'm going to teach you guys this stuff now. Okay. Yes. Okay. I'm already familiar, but I'm going along for the ride. Okay. So Aquarius is the sign of the man with the water pitcher. Okay. He's pouring the water out. Pisces is the sign of the two fish in the water. Then Aries is in the ram. Aries is the ram. In Aries, you have <clears throat> March 21st, which is the spring equinox. It's a 12-hour day, a 12-hour night. It's also when the Jews celebrate the Passover or when God passed over Egypt. And anybody that didn't have the lamb's blood or the ram's blood on their front door, uh, they lost their firstborn son. That's, that was the 10th plague. In astrology, the Passover is the sun passing over the equator in March 21st and back on its way to its height in the summer solstice. In Christianity, the passing over is changed and called the resurrection of God's sun, where it comes back to life, where it starts to get warm again, where, where things start to grow. It's the beginning of the year. Um, and incidentally, Aries is the ram. It's why the, the Jews are the people of Aries. That's why they smear the lamb's blood on the door. 
That's why they have a lamb bone on the Passover plate. It's also why they blow the ram's horn to the sky. Okay. And during the high yes. holidays, that's why they do that. Then Taurus is the bull. And when you look in the sky and you see Taurus, it's as above, so below. You see the bull in the sky. And then what you have to do is you have to put the plow on the bull on earth. Okay. So that you can plant the seeds so that you can harvest, harvest in Virgo and Libra, which I will get to. Then Gemini is the twins. It's Castor and Pollux Troy, whose sister was Helen of Troy, which is the story of Achilles. Then Cancer is the crab. It's the sideways moving creature. So, Nish, you could see me, right? Even though I can't see you? Yes. Okay. So, what the sun does is starting on December 25th, the sun rises a degree every single day along its axis. Picture the zodiac wheel, and every day it starts rising a degree alongside the wheel. Okay. Every day the sun rises a degree. It hits June 21st, and that's the summer solstice. That's the height that the sun will rise to. It doesn't get any higher than that. Then for three consecutive days, it stays at that height. And then on June 25th, it drops a degree. And then it continues to drop one single degree every single day until it hits December 21st. On December 21st, that's when the sun is considered dead because it's at its lowest height. Okay, then for three days, it basically stays dead. That's why Jesus or Jesus, who's the son, they said God's son was dead for three days. And then it comes back to life on December 25th. December 25th is the birth date of so many gods of Mithra, of Horus, of uh, uh, Marduk. You can you can go into all these. <clears throat> and that's why. Then Leo is the king. The ruling planet of Leo is actually the sun. So when you're talking about the sun, or are you talking about um, heaven on earth or something of that effect? You're talking about the sun in Leo. Okay, so that's the code for that. Then Virgo is the woman holding the wheat stalk. So remember I just said you plant in Taurus? Well, you plant in Taurus and then the virgins would cultivate the wheat in Virgo in order to make the bread for the year. Then Libra is the justice. It's the scales, it's the balance, it's the just one. And the reason it's justice is because it judges God's son as it passes over the fall equinox and begins its descent into winter, into cold, into death. And the Jewish people always celebrate the new year around the fall equinox. Now, Libra is known as the justice, the judgment, the judger, okay, because it judges the sun. Okay, so eight days after Rosh Hashanah, which is the Jewish New Year, you have something called Yom Kippur, which is when all the Jews fast for the whole day and they go into temple and they basically pray to God because they're being judged. And God is going to decide whether or not to put them in the book of life for a whole nother year or if he's going to take them back at some point. So that's what they pray for, to stay in the book of life. Libra is also wine season. Okay, so now Virgo is bread. So when you hear people talk about bread or grains or barley or things of that nature that you harvest in Le in Virgo, that's what they're talking about. When you hear them talking about like a wine press or, or a vineyard or something of that effect, that's Libra. You guys still with me on this? Yes. I am, 100%. All right, great. So Scorpio is the scorpion and he's the betrayer. And the reason the Scorpio is the betrayer is because when a scorpion bites you, it leaves an imprint in your skin that looks like a pair of lips. It's why the mafia has the kiss of death. That's where they get it from, the kiss of death. Because it's a, it's a pair of lips that looks like a kiss on you, but it's full of poison. That's the betrayal. 
So it's why Jesus was betrayed by Judas with a kiss because Judas, Jesus is the son and Judas is Scorpio. And that's how he betrayed him. He didn't throw a rock at him. He didn't point him out in a crowd. He didn't, he, a hundred ways he could have pointed him out, but he betrayed him with a kiss. And that's why, because it's a metaphor. So the sun is judged in Libra and it's betrayed in Scorpio. And finally in Sagittarius, this is where the bow and the arrow shoot the sun and inflict further punishment on the sun. In the Bible, it's translated as a spear going into the side of God's son. And I'll show you where that is. Okay. And we already described that December 21st is considered death. That's the day in the, in the, in the, in the Zodiac year that is death. So um, that death is in Sagittarius. Okay. And then finally we have Capricorn, which is the goat. And what does the goat do? The goat climbs the mountain better than any other animal. And if you picture the Zodiac wheel, Capricorn's at the bottom. So the sun starts a degree a day every day in December 25th in Capricorn. It starts the metaphorical climb of the mountain back up to its height in June 21st. So does that all make sense? Yep. Yes, sir. Okay, great. So you have names for Jesus. You have Capricorn. Okay, that's the goat. He's called the scapegoat of Israel. That's when the sun's in Capricorn. When the son of God, S-U-N of God, not the S-O-N of God, when the S-U-N of God is in Aquarius, he's known as the son of man because he's the sign of the man. When, he's, when the sun is in Pisces, he's known as the fisherman of men. It's also why he feeds the masses with two fish. The two fish are Pisces. He's the lamb of God or the ram in Aries. He's the lion of Judah when he's in Leo, the lion. The lady holding the stalk of wheat, Virgo, he's born of a virgin and he's called the bread of life. In Libra, the scales of justice, the judgment, he's known as the just one. These are all names for Jesus that you could, that, that church calls him, okay? He's betrayed in Scorpio, he dies in Sagittarius, and it's why he's worshipped on the Sunday. See, the Jews worship on the Saturday, and that goes back to the Saturn day, because at its core, Judaism was, is a worship of Saturn. Saturn is known as the black cube. That's why the Jews wear the black cube on their head when they pray. Typically. What is it? The Tefillin. Tefillin, yes, exactly. That's why also the Muslims walk around a giant black cube. The Kaaba, yeah. The Kaaba, exactly. Okay, it's the same thing. Okay, that's why Nintendo came out with the black GameCube. Okay, it goes back to Saturn worship. Yeah, there's black cube uh, symbology everywhere. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. There's even a black cube security services in Israel <laughs> associated with Mossad. But whatever, I digress. That's interesting. Yeah. Okay. All right. So now you see the picture of Jesus on the left. This is a stereotypical picture that you'll find on the internet of him. I yeah. honestly could have just picked up any other one, but I just happened <laughs> to pick this one. That's a Masonic one with the hand sign and the uh, pointing up to two suns, right? No, I'll show, I'll show you what that okay, is. Okay. Okay. The sun yeah. is always behind Jesus John. because he represents the sun. Mm -hmm. If you Google any picture of Jesus, the sun is always behind him. Sometimes the sun has the cross behind him. The cross is when you can, on the zodiac wheel, when you connect the solstices and the equinox, it makes a perfect cross. That's where that comes from. The two fingers up are an ancient comedic sign. You see pictures of Baphomet, you see pictures of Lucifer, you see pictures of Jesus all doing this or a variation of this. That's an ancient Egyptian peace sign or technically it's this. This is the peace sign, this is togetherness. This is a sign of victory, it's the V. It's the British war sign. So when people are giving each other peace signs like this, they're actually inverting the meaning. This is actually a war sign because the two fingers are not together. 
This is actually the peace sign, and it goes back to the ancient Egyptians. Then the white Jesus picture is actually Caesar Borgia, who is the bastard son of Pope Alexander VI. And yes, popes used to have kids. They never got married, but they used to have kids. It wasn't always, uh, it wasn't always clean back in the day. Not that it is now, but... Um, so before then, there was no picture of him. And it wasn't like Muhammad, where you're not allowed to draw him. It was just there was no picture of him. And in the 1500s, this pope comes along. He has this son. And his son looks like this. You can Google pictures of Caesar Borgia. It's the same face. That's where they got it from. And it was decided that his picture would be the face of. Then in this picture, too, you also see the crown of thorns wrapped around the heart. The crown of thorns represents the rays of the sun because Jesus is the sun. Okay? Jesus is crucified with the rays of the, uh, the crown of thorns on his head. And that's the rays of the sun. Okay? The heart is always outside the body, which is why... Um, which represents the toroidal field of the heart. Now each body, each human being has a heart that has an electromagnetic radiance, okay? Some people call it an aura and it projects six feet outside of your body. That's why the elites right now with this pandemic wanna keep everyone six feet apart. It's a psyop. Yep, because when, yep, totally. when, you're, when you're next to one another, um, within six feet, you're actually communicating with each other on a submolecular level. Yep. Um, and that's why they keep it this way. So these are the anomalies of the picture of this. So if I were to ask you guys, you guys have heard of the phrase pride comes before the fall. Mm -hmm. Yes. Can, uh, I don't care who, but can one of you guys just define it for your audience? Go ahead, Nash. Jerry, I'm letting you because the dog's working. I, I can't. My brain's not working. Please enlighten us. Micah, I'm okay. sorry. All right. It's taken to mean that your ego will be your downfall. However, a group of lines is called a pride. Pride is the lion. Lion is Leo. Leo is in July and August. That comes before the season of the fall. Uh. So you see how that's encoded? Mm -hmm. Okay. So that's just one example. In the book of Micah, which is my namesake, 5-2. But you, Bethlehem Ephratah, though you are small among the clans of Judah, out of you will come for me one who will be ruler over Israel, whose origins are from old, from ancient times. However, in Hebrew, Bethlehem is two words, okay? Bet, which means house, and lechem, which means bread, okay? Mm -hmm. That's verifiable. You can look that up. So the house <laughs> of bread. So the house of bread. Well, I just told you that the house of bread was Virgo with the wheat stalk, okay? So that's the virgin, so when they say the Savior will come from Bethlehem, they're talking about the house of bread. So the Savior will come from a virgin. You see how that's alluded to? Yep. <clears throat> yeah, Bethlehem's a real place. Bethlehem is a real place, but it's a combination of two Hebrew words. Mm. It's undeniable. Now, I'm going to, since I've given you the cipher and I've given you two examples so far, what I'm going to do is I'm going to read the next one to you, fill in the blanks for you, but I'm going to let you guys count how many you see. Okay, I'll let you guys count them out to see if you could figure out how many signs they're actually talking about encoded. Okay. He gave them honey. This is Deuteronomy 32 for people who are listening. He gave them honey from the cliffs and olive oil from the rocky ground. He gave his people butter from the herd and milk from the flock. He gave them lambs and goats. They had the best rams from Bashan and the finest wheat. They drank the best wine made from the juice of red grapes, but Jeshurun became fat and kicked like a bull. So I've given you all the keywords. Do you see them all in there? Capricorn. Was it 11? Taurus and Virgo? 
or Libra? Which one? The one, the wine one. Yeah. Virgo. I mean, Libra. Libra. But you guys, you guys see how it's encoded, right? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Definitely. Mm -hmm. Now, what you don't know is I'm going to read you the two that you don't know. He gave them, well, three. He gave them honey from the cliffs and olive oil from the rocky ground. So olive season is also in Libra. Okay. So when they're talking about him going to the top of Mount Olive, they're talking about the sun in Libra. He gave them honey from the cliffs. In Cancer, there's a group of stars. It's an asterism. It's called the beehive cluster. So that's where the honey comes from. It's a metaphor. And when he gave people butter from the herd and milk from the flock, well, that's just from the Milky Way galaxy, whose center is in Sagittarius. So the land from Cancer to Sagittarius would be your metaphorical land of milk and honey. It's not a literal place. It's a metaphor for the heavens. Make sense? Yes, yes. totally. What do you guys think so far? That's no, awesome. It's great. I'm, I'm, I'm it's making me think the Bible is just a giant astrology guide. Well, it's I basically... usually talk. I usually talk so much, so people are probably happy to have me not talking. Actually, people <laughs> were wondering why we're not talking more. So anyway, are they really? They want me to shut up? I'll shut no, up. No, no, no. Please, <laughs> please keep going. Okay. Screw them. Revelation. So kidding, I just did the Old guys. Testament. I just did the Old Testament. Now we're in Revelation. So this is the New Testament. So I'm showing you how this works in the Old Testament and the New Testament. Revelation 4, 7. The first living creature was like a lion. That's Leo. The second was like an ox. That's Taurus. The third had a face like a man. Well, that's Aquarius, the sign of the man. The fourth was like a flying eagle. Okay. This is a little deeper astrology, but you need to understand it in order to understand this passage. The first living creature was like a lion, Leo. The second was like an ox, Taurus. The third had a face like a man, Aquarius. The fourth was like a flying eagle. In astrology, the Scorpio scorpion is the belly crawling creature. It's the lowest form of life on earth. Much, much like they made the snake the belly crawling creature after, the, uh, after Adam and Eve. Yes. The evolved form of the Scorpio is the eagle. In yes. astrology, once it evolves, it's the eagle, okay? Which is the highest flying creature. So go Which from is the why world. we see it on the gates of the avatar. Exactly. Very nice. And the eagle's evolved form is the phoenix. And what is the phoenix but the story of Jesus? Jesus is the sun, the S-U-N, and he's on fire. Okay. And then he dies December 21st. The phoenix dies. And then it's reborn from its ashes. That's the story of the phoenix. Yeah. Um, in the Vatican, you have what's called the court of the pine cone, which is um, two giant pine cones with phoenixes surrounding them and the pine cone goes back to i mean the pope has a pine cone on his staff quetzalcoatl has a pine cone too that goes back to the pineal gland yes that's why it's called the pineal gland because it's shaped like a pine cone in fact horus the eye of horus whenever you see celebrities whenever you see celebrities doing this or this on one eye they're just giving nod to the eye of horus it's not devil worship it's not the all-seeing eye on the back of the dollar bill it actually goes back to Horus. And Horus, the eye of Horus, is when you do a sagittal cut of the human brain like this, and then you open it up like this, right in the middle, you see the pineal gland. And then the brow ridge that looks like my eyebrow over here, that's the corpus callosum. They knew this. They knew this about the brain. But I digress anyway. So well, since you're digressing, there's also, if, if we're going to be in this realm, there's also not to be... Uh, not to let this slide, but the dust is a big deal with the ash. So 
the the, the dust that actually created the Adami, the atom, mm-hmm. ashes to ashes, dust to dust. It's a, they're kind of interchangeable, but they have separate. Uh, they have a separate place, but at the same time, they've got a sweetheart deal. Mm-hmm. And it ties into all this that you're talking about. Okay. Not to mention dust is the uh, the key feature of the Golden Compass movie, or book, actually. That whole series. Oh, yes. So if I... Where was I? Ah, here I was. Okay, so Leo, Taurus, Aquarius, Scorpio. Those are our four signs. In mm-hmm. astrology, those are the four fixed signs of the Zodiac. Okay? Now you have the Zodiac wheel, and then you have the solstices that cut a line down the middle, and then you have the equinox that cut it across. Okay, that forms the cross of God's son. That's a perfect cross. Okay, these four make what an X like this through that. It's, it's really beautiful, actually. But that's basically what it does. Now, Revelation 12, are you guys familiar with the lady and the dragon? Yes, and of course, the dragon family and all this, yes. Okay. So watch this. A great sign appeared in heaven, a woman clothed with the sun, with the moon under her feet and a crown of 12 stars on her head. She was pregnant and cried out in pain as she was about to give birth. Then another sign appeared in heaven, an enormous red dragon with seven heads and 10 horns and seven crowns on its head. Its tail swept a third of the stars out of the sky and flung them to earth. Okay? Yes. Yes, sorry. A woman clothed with the sun is the sun clothed in Virgo. They're just metaphorically talking about the sun being in Virgo. Now, if the sun's in Virgo, that's midday, basically. It's just slightly past midday. Okay. So what that means is if the sun's already out, the moon is at her feet metaphorically, because when the sun goes down, the moon comes up. When the moon's up, the sun comes, you know? So if the sun is in Virgo, the moon will be at her feet. Then another sign appeared in heaven, an enormous dragon. Its tail swept a third of the stars out of the sky and flung them to earth. The constellation Draco, which is the dragon, its tail goes from Aries to Sagittarius, which is four twelfths of the signs, or one third of the stars out of the sky. It's another metaphor. Mm-hmm. And it's also representative within the angelic order and then beyond and above that into the bloodlines one of the bloodlines you're talking about the i'm talking animals. about the owl queens and the dragon queens we could go there i mean i could talk all day about this but yeah it's very significant and so i like where this is going okay so i've given examples of astrotheology in the old testament as well as the new testament i've been accused of cherry picking verses from the bible to prove a point which you could think so far Let's take a much longer passage and see if we can decode it as well. So are you guys familiar with the book of Job mm-hmm. or the story of Job? Yep. I like you guys. You guys know your shit. <laughs> Thank you. You do. You do. It's great. It's great to not have to like teach someone that. But unfortunately, I'm going to ask you to explain the story of Job to your listeners. It's your turn, Nish. Hello. Nish, did we lose her? What? Sorry, I've I've got bad dogs going on. What? So we were talking about Job. Yes, I need you guys to explain the story of Job to your listeners. Oh, it's been so long. So he was. Oh Lord, let's see here. Job was, was a wealthy. <laughs> was a wealthy man. Let me get this because there's the tears of Job. 
Job was good. Okay, so, oh God, there's the whole thing with Satan. You got me with the Job stuff, I got to tell you, even though I'm doing like this large series with Gary Wayne. Um, you want me to just jump in? Yeah, please. Job was like, a I'm not a Bible scholar. He, he, yeah, knowledge. right. We're not we're up on the Bible, but basically he was a, a rich dude and, and God uh, bragged to Satan that how 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 good job was and he couldn't be tempted but satan said that job could only be good because god had blessed him abundantly correct yes right and, he, and the whole tears of job and all that stuff and the patience so. of job that was right. what i came across That's important. <laughs> it's important to know too the book of job is actually the oldest book in the bible okay it actually predates genesis and during the council of jamnia in 100 a.d they canonized the Bible and put the books in the order that we have now. But Council of Nicaea, right? God screams out. I mean, Job screams out to God, right? He screams out to God and God responds to him. What I'm going to read you is God's response and I'm going to decode it in, in real time. Okay. This is a, a bit of a longer passage, but you'll see that every single line is astrology. Okay, encoded astrology. Mm -hmm. One sec. Here we go. Can you lead forth the Maseroth is his first thing. Now, the Maseroth literally means the Zodiac in Hebrew. So he literally says, do you know your Zodiac? Over time, Maseroth becomes Mazalot, which survives in Judaism today as Mazel Tov, which means good fortune from the stars. So what is the Lord's challenge to Job? The first two are obviously talking about the stars. They're metaphors, but they're talking about the stars. Can you bind the chains of the Pleiades? Can you loosen Orion's belt? Those are obvious, right? Definitely. Yep. Okay. Can you bring forth the constellations in their seasons or lead out the bear with its cubs? The constellations are the zodiac above, and the bear and its cubs are Ursa Major, the great bear, and Ursa Minor, part of the Big Dipper. Then he says, who can tip over the water jars of heavens? That's Aquarius, the man with the water pitcher. Do you hunt the prey for the lionesses and satisfy hunger for the lions? That's Leo. Who provides food for the raven? That's the constellation Corvus, which means raven and borders Virgo. Do you watch where the doe bears her fawn? That's Mariga, which means deer and is located in Orion. Who let the wild donkey go free? That's a Celis Borealis, which means donkey and is located in Cancer. Will the wild ox consent to serve you? They're talking about Taurus. The wings of the ostrich flap joyfully. That's Lambda Achille or Al-Thaliman, which means two ostriches in Arabic. Do you give the horse its strength? It laughs at fear, afraid of nothing. It does not shy away from the sword. The quiver rattles against its side along with the flashing spear and lance. Remember how I mentioned the spear before? Yep. There's two important murders that happen in the Bible, or the two most important murders that happen in the Bible. You guys want to take a stab at which ones they are? Jesus. <laughs> that is one. Uh, Abel. Yep. yep. Wow. Usually people don't get that. Very nice. Cain well, breaks a stone over Abel's head. Mm -hmm. Yes. And then hides the body. But do you know what Cain means in Hebrew? No. I used to. Cain means spear. Oh, cool. Cain means spear. And then how does Jesus die? He's finally poked with a spear in his side. Spear yes. of destiny. Yep. Yes. 
So along with the flashing spear and lance, that's Sagittarius with the bow and the arrow. Does the eagle soar at your command and build its nest on high? That's Aquila, which is the Latin name for eagle, and is a constellation a few degrees above the celestial equator. Finally, he says, can you pull in Levethian with a fish hook? Well, Levethian is the fish god, so they're talking about Pisces. So that's the whole challenge to Job. He's basically saying, do you know your zodiac? And then encodingly, the Bible is encoded to have all these stars in different constellations that they've known about. They basically encode this information. Okay, I'm down. I'm down with it. Yeah, yeah it's crazy. <laughs> this shit's all in the Bible. I wish I'd read it now. The deeper in I've been getting, because it's only new, the more fascinated by it I am. So how is Jesus able to heal the blind? These are the questions from before. Let's see if we can answer them. How is Jesus able to heal the blind? Well, if he's the son, S-O-N of God, and he's the literal flesh and blood, he puts his fingers on the blind man's eyes and suddenly he can see. However, metaphorically, if he's the sun, S-U-N, which he is, when you when the sun goes down, you can't see. But when right. the sun comes back up and touches your eyes, suddenly you have sight again. How he walked on water. Have you guys ever seen a sunset on a lake before? Yeah. Yes. Like the diamonds. Sun walks on water. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. How he turned water into wine. So this one takes a little explaining. But do you know why God is considered a man and Earth is considered a woman? Give it to us. <laughs> God is considered a man because of his sacred fluid. In Hebrew, it's called shemen. We get the word semen from it. Mm -hmm. Okay. God's sacred fluid impregnates Mother Earth. And then from her belly, everything grows. All the vegetation, all the plants, all the life. Okay. So what happens is in Taurus, April showers you plant. April showers bring May flowers. It rains and rains and rains, and then it continues to rain throughout the year, and then wine is in Libra. You press the wine in Libra. Okay, that's how you turn the original water into wine. Uh, it makes sense. Why he had, yeah. Why he had 12 disciples, you're talking about... 12 houses. The 12 houses, exactly. And I've already told you that Judas is Scorpio. Uh -huh. Why he was betrayed with a kiss by Judas, we did that. Why he was dead for three days, we did that. Why is his birthday on December 25th, we did that. This is all just astrology. That's all the Bible is. Well, a lot of the ancient stuff we see in the world that that's there to view is definitely based on what people were experiencing above head watching the observable sky. Right. I mean, it's basically a farmer's almanac if you think about it. Yeah. That's basically what it is, because what would they do? They have to, you got to understand, too, is at the time that they wrote this, there were no clocks, calendars, smartphones. There was nothing. Okay, so they didn't have any um, ability to keep time other than look at the stars. Right. So they would have to know. You look at Taurus, you have to know the plant. In Virgo, you have to know to get the wheat. You know, they just incorporated that into a literal translation, but it's not. It's metaphorical. And... Um, that's what you'd have to do. You'd have to know when winter is coming. You'd have to know when, when, it's, when the sun is going to go down because the animals are going to start to come out. You have to know all this stuff. And that's basically what this does. Well, it also, I mean, I imagine it took some time 
of observation, which would have been quite a bit of time to bring down this knowledge, though, that right. we could get it into this form of back then of passing it on. Right. Um, but I did mention to you that we've known about this for 40,000 years. So absolutely. It, is, it yes. is possible that it was given to us. Oh, yeah. I'm not I'm not <laughs> putting anything off the table here. Someone yeah. in chat brought up a point that the December 25th isn't in the Bible anywhere. No, it's not. It's not. So, but people argue, and Christians argue all the time. They'll say Jesus was born at the Feast of the Tabernacles. He was born during Passover. And then uh, his last meal was in Passover. So there's like a thing with that. Um, it doesn't really matter. This is, this is how it works astrologically. Okay, Just because it wasn't mentioned in the Bible doesn't mean that it's not the same birth date of every other God that preceded him mm -hmm. for like thousands of years. What about the idea that that quote unquote Christmas came from the pagan holiday Saturnalia, which was typically in, in that time period too? Well, yeah, they borrowed a lot of things from the pagans. Mm -hmm. yeah. They did. In fact, the Jews weren't the first people that were monotheistic. It goes back to uh, Nefertiti. Right. Well, Ra. Mm -hmm. or Ra, yeah. Well, I mean, you, you got the three gods, Isis, Ra, and El. You put it together, you get Israel. That's yeah. where that name comes from. Yeah, it's the biggest sigh up in history right there, monotheism. Yep. <laughs> yep it's true they, they literally the jews were supposedly the first people that were monotheistic they weren't it was nefertiti no. number yeah. one and number two they've dug up artifacts of jews with fertility gods little yep. little yep. trinkets that they've they've carved out you know it's not it is a psyop yeah oh yeah totally mm -hmm. but now i've done that i've done random passages okay from the bible and people could say that i'm cherry picking still what if I went through the entire book of Matthew and show you how this works do as far it. as the gospel goes? Do it. Yeah. Oh yeah. Okay. Because <laughs> this is this is the last part of the presentation, basically. Oh my god. So the, book, the book of Matthew. Now notice that I've put the zodiac wheel on the left and I've circled certain things. Now the four important dates of the solstices and the equinox, and what I have circled here is the uh, summer solstice. Okay. Now. Repent of your sins, Matthew 3, 2. Repent of your sins and turn to God for the kingdom of heaven is near. I told you the kingdom of heaven was Leo because the ruling planet of Leo is the sun. So you need to find something that's very close to Leo that's in its path. And the closest thing is June 21st. Now, each zodiac, go each gospel starts at a, a zodiac major point and ends at 1, 2. Okay? So if we go to, this is the beginning of the firmament between Cancer and Leo. Okay, this is what the firmament is. It's the dividing lines between the signs. It's the handover dates. Okay, you know, you've heard of people call them a cusp? Yep. It's the same thing, okay? So I've told you that cancer can mean honey, right? Because the beehive cluster is there. Mm -hmm. I've told you that Leo can mean lion. Mm -hmm. So if the passage, if the, if the biblical passage happens to be on a firmament line, you could be talking about either or. But usually what you'll see is you'll see it's is the passage is talking about one sign, then it'll go to the previous sign or the next sign, or it'll jump across and go to the cross sign. It usually follows this. It does not jump at random. You're not going to see it go from Leo to Gemini. You're not going to see a passage about a line and then hear about twins. Okay. It's usually going to follow a pattern. Okay. And that's basically what I've deciphered here. This is the firmament between Cancer and Leo. It's the beginning of the kingdom. There's a saying in the Bible that says the firmament shows God's handiwork. 
Okay. Now, Matthew 3, 4, John's clothes were woven from coarse camel hair and he wore a leather belt around his waist. For food, he ate locusts and wild honey. So we know about the honey right there. If we take the most famous drawing of a man, Leonardo da Vinci's Vitruvian man, and superimpose it onto the Zodiac, we can make sense of that. Now, I chose the, da Vinci, I chose the Vitruvian man just because of its you know, notoriety and because it fits nicely on this. But really, I could use the dog from Paw Patrol. It doesn't matter. You know, it just yeah. has to <laughs> it just has to be a, a character that can go from head to toe like this. Now, yes. cancer being in the head is why it eats wild honey. OK. A little lower on the body. So you were in cancer at the head. Now we're in Gemini that's lower on the body is the clothes made out of coarse camel hair or camelopardalis, which is in Gemini. So right now you have the head and the upper body so far. Moving a little lower on the body, you'll get to his midsection, which is where you would wear a belt. That's Taurus, which represents the bull and the female is the cow, which is where you, how you get the leather. And regarding the belt part, Orion's belt sits between Taurus and Gemini. Next would be the baptism. Okay, now how are we gonna go from the beginning of Leo, which is where we were, to a water sign can, talking about the baptism. Now the two water signs are Aquarius and Pisces. Now Aquarius is an air sign and Pisces is a water sign in astrology, but in the Bible, because Aquarius is a man with a water pitcher, it could signify water as well. Okay, so next would be the baptism. So you would go across the zodiac. Cross signs as they're known are signs opposite location, which I've alluded to before. Here's how we see it make a leap from one firmament to the other. The man with the water pitcher is Aquarius is personified as John the Baptist with the water. He's the Baptist with the water. That's how you baptize someone. It's important to know too that John the Baptist and Jesus are always exactly six months apart. When you think about the fact that Jesus is born on December 25th, okay, and rises a degree a day, then that must mean that John the Baptist is born on June 24th and decreases a, a degree a day. Now, how do we know that John the Baptist is born on, on June 24th? Okay, to make sense of this. This is why in John 3.30, John says, he must increase, but I must decrease. It's why St. John's day is, December, is June 24th, exactly six months to the day of, of the birthday of Jesus. The next story is the temptation of Jesus. So you know about the temptation of Jesus where basically Satan tempts him. He's in the, he's in the, he's in the desert for 40 days. So what do you do? You, just, you literally just count 40 days from July 24th. Okay, that takes you to September 2nd, which is Virgo. Now watch what happens. I have a question before we get there. Yes. So you said the two water signs, and there are three water signs in the zodiac, and Aquarius is air in the zodiac. Yes, I mentioned that. I said that Aquarius is an air sign and Pisces is a water sign, but I said in, as far as the Bible goes. Okay, when, so you're making the distinction with the Bible. I yes, I, the, I, I'm not sure if you heard me say that before, but I did. I did. I, before yeah i'm so i usually don't have dog issues i'm having big dog issues tonight so i apologize i no, not at all i just want to make sure you're on the same page with me i would i would hate for you to be stuck on something and then me to move on that's why i asked so i'm here all right okay so what is 40 days from july 24th that takes you to september 2nd that's virgo the 40 days temptation count 40 days yes the virgin with the wheat stalk what does the devil say matthew 4 3 if you are the son of god tell these stones to become loaves of bread here we see mention of the bread. That's how you know that I'm right. Okay, which tells you that the sun is in Virgo. There's another section in the Bible where Jesus feeds the masses with two fish and five loaves of bread. Well, the two fish are clearly Pisces because that's what the two fish are. And the five loaves of bread are Virgo. Now those are opposing signs in the Zodiac. That's why it was written that way. 
Well, <clears throat> the next passage, Matthew 5, 17 and 22, I did not come to abolish the law. And if you are even angry with someone, you are subject to judgment. Well, we meant over that. Judgment is in Libra. It's the judge of the sun. This takes place in the firmament of Virgo and Libra. When you're in the firmament, it can be used on either side. It can be used to talk about bread, or it could use be what it's actually talking about now, law and judgment. Libra, the scales of the law, who judges the sun before it's descent into fall and winter. Matthew 7, 9, 10. If your children ask for a loaf of bread, do you give them a stone instead? Once again, this being the firmament between Virgo and Libra, it switches back to Virgo and talks about the bread. Matthew 7, 15, 16. Beware of false prophets who come disguised as harmless sheep. And can you pick grapes from the thorn bushes? Well, sheep, that's, that's Ram. That's Aries. And grapes from the thorn bushes. Grapes, that's Libra. Again, those are opposing signs. These are not done by accident. These parables are placed together because they're talking about opposing signs or neighboring signs. It's a pattern that you can decipher. Uh, moving along, Matthew 13, later that same day, Jesus left the house and sat beside the lake. So now we know it's got to go back to a water sign. And, and I use the sign, Nisha, I use the water. When I say water sign, I use it loosely. We could differentiate that. Yeah. Okay. So it could be Aquarius because it's the man with the water or it could be Pisces, even yeah. though we, we agree that Aquarius is an air sign. Yeah. Okay. So once again, these are opposing signs. Okay. So the story now moves from Libra to the barrier of Aquarius and Pisces as he's right beside the lake or the two water signs. As it's across from Virgo, the wheat stalk, the grains, isn't it ironic that the next parables are the wheat and the weeds, the mustard seed and the yeast? Then moving right along, next is the fishing net parable. So now we go back from Leo Virgo to Aquarius Pisces and talk about fish again. Gemini is the sign of two men, technically twins. However, there's just a short mention of brothers in the next passage. He's just the carpenter's son, and we know Mary, his mother, and his brothers, James, Joseph, Simon, and Judas. This ends at the firmament of Gemini Cancer. How do we know this? Because at the very next story is the death of John the Baptist. Now, I told you that the death is, is in Sagittarius, December 21st. So you went from the story about the brothers, and then you hit the firmament of Gemini Cancer, and then you cross sign, go all the way down to Sagittarius Capricorn border, okay, firmament, and that is where the death is, okay? So this is how the Bible's written. So I'm going to give you an outside example of something that I, I came up with that's not biblical, but it's going to prove to you exactly how this works, okay? If I say to you a biblical-sounding phrase, like the rulers were divided between war and love, it split the land in half, you could read it as a little of translation, or... The ruling planet of Aries is Mars, the god of war, and the ruling planet of Libra is Venus, who is the goddess of love. There's your war and love. And if you see in the Zodiac a picture on the left, I've connected them. And it literally splits the top from the bottom. It splits the land in half. Through the ecliptic, yeah. Sure, it's a flat earth. Right, that's how this works. Matthew 17, 14, 17, and 32, but we only have five loaves of bread and two fish. Okay, we did that one already. This is the cross of God's son. I mentioned that already. This is connecting the zodi the uh, solstices and the equinox, and you see the cross that it forms, right? Okay. Yeah. Yep, yep, yep. Then the, the next story is Scorpio, which is the betrayer. This is where Judas betrays Jesus with the kiss. Okay. Yeah, and that and makes it, a lot of sense. And then right here is the middle of Sagittarius. Now, again, we were in Scorpio, and we're just following along the zodiac wheel. Okay. 
the next part is where Jesus is crucified on the cross. Okay. And that is the book of Matthew. Do you see how it all puts together? Do you see how it's all the next sign or they're talking about opposing signs and they, they it just, it, it's a code. That's all yeah. it is. I'm down with this. I, I like where you're going. Yeah, I, me too. I, it's very clear looking at it in this way. Mm-hmm. Now, you guys completely agree that there is hidden astrology in the Bible, right? I think there's hidden astrology <laughs> everywhere. Yeah. <laughs> right. So, I mean, yes, what I, in, that, in the tome of the canon, yes. Right. I mean, I, I, I could do this with the Book of Enoch. I could do this with the with the Gospel of Thomas. And I could yeah. do it with all of them. I have done it with the Book of Enoch. I have done it with the Enuma Elish. The, all yeah. these sacred books, it's the same thing. This is all they talk about encoded. But if we're talking about who's trying to keep this information from you, I got to bring you to the Roman Catholic Catechism 2116. Mm -hmm. Okay. We're all on the same page that there's hidden astrology. Yes. All forms of divination are to be rejected, recourse to Satan or demons, conjuring up the dead or other practices falsely supposed to unveil the future, consulting horoscopes, astrology, palm reading interpretation of omens and lots the phenomena of clairvoyance and recourse to mediums all conceal a desire for power over time history and in the last analysis other human beings as well as a wish to conciliate hidden powers they contradict the honor respect and loving fear that we owe to god alone now if i figured this out there's no way that nobody in the vatican vault knows this i didn't just stumble <laughs> right. on it that yeah, nobody right. knew <laughs> They this want is to keep Catholic it to themselves, church. you know. This is the Catholic Church keeping it to themselves. It's exactly what it is. Which is nothing new and no surprise. But it's obvious, isn't it? It's obvious, well, yes. Mm -hmm. So, Mike, okay, are you done? That's it. So, I have a lot of questions about that. Well, I have a question. What? What? Why would the Council of Nicaea accept these books in there only to go against the Vatican? I don't, what, I don't. what do you mean? Well, what happened in the Council of Nicaea is that um, Constantine basically united the Romans and everybody under literal Christianity. Mm -hmm. You have to understand is that before the Council of Nicaea, okay, I mentioned the Council of Jamnia in 100 AD. Yep. In the Council of Jamnia, and you can you can honestly go to um, you can go to the Encyclopedia Britannica to look this up. You know, you don't have to just pick up a Wikipedia article. You know, this is in this is in the codices. Mm -hmm. um, they were basically putting the books together in order to read for the for the Old Testament. Now, the Old Testament had been around for for maybe two thousand years prior to this. Right. Okay, and. The books weren't in order so now they were in order now what happened 30 years before the council of jamnia is they had a book called mark that came out it's the oldest gospel that came out in 70 a.d okay and one of the things they were deliberating about was whether or not to put that in the old testament and make it one long thing and they decided against it at that point at that exact moment in history they decided to make a new testament okay and and create the story of jesus now you fast forward to the Council of Nicaea, that's 325 AD. Constantine, I mean, whether it was on his deathbed or he literally created uh, or united it on purpose, it's kind of up in the air. But what, what, what's basically what happened was literal Christianity took hold, 
Okay. Before 325 AD, Christians were called Heliognostics. That was their name for them. And that's Helios Gnosis. That's sun worshipers. That's what they meant because that's what they were. And they've left clues in history for everyone to figure this out. In fact, Constantine had a nephew named Julian the Apostate whose writings are still here. And he tried to bring everyone back to sun worship and he ended up getting an arrow in his back for it. Right. You could argue that uh, the Egyptians brought in the sun worship with Ra, who was the sun god. Well, it's even further back than that. Yeah, I'm sure. Well, it's, we've got it in the Vedas and stuff, too. Yeah. I mean, it's... The ancient humans, they worshipped the sun because the sun would come out, things would grow, you right. could see, it would be safer, it would get warmer. Oh, yeah, absolutely. The, like, the entire Norse mythology is based on that, too. I mean, almost all mythologies are based around the sun. Mm -hmm. And, yeah. Yeah, I know. It's crazy. And it's been hijacked into a religion, quote unquote religion. Yep. So, so where are you taking all this? Well, I've, ultimately? Written, I've written a six book series of thrillers that expose. And, and what I just shared with you is just like a piece of it. Um, yeah. I've written a six book thriller series, much like Dan Brown's Da Vinci Code and Angels and Demons, where mm -hmm. the characters figure this stuff out. I'm trying to mainstream it, and I have a publicist right now that's trying to get me a TV and a possible movie deal on a streaming service. Cool. So I'm working on that, and um, which I should have an answer, not an answer definite, but I should have like a conversation coming up with a producer in April, hopefully. Mm -hmm. So I'm kind of happy that tomorrow's April. So maybe <laughs> finally, <laughs> yeah, I've been waiting. I've been waiting for like a month and a half. This producer has my first three books in uh, in. Um, in digital. Okay, cool. 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 Uh, I had a couple of questions from chat. Someone wanted to know where the Antichrist fits into this, if at all. Where the, well, the Antichrist is literal Christianity. Okay. The Antichrist is, is taking it literally. All right. Jesus says, it's for those who have eyes to see and ears to hear. Mm -hmm. Yes. To understand the metaphors, to understand what it was talking about. Okay. Okay. <laughs> What what inspired you to quit I'm ripping sorry. questions out of my head? Damn it! Oh, sorry. Go no. on, brother. No, go ahead. Go ahead. You got it. Well, oh, so what I'm wondering is what inspired you to go down this road, especially in lieu of other people that have done a lot of decoding as well. Um, I mean, ninety percent of the PowerPoint I just showed you is my own work. Yeah. Oh, I'm not. I'm definitely not disagreeing with that. I'm just saying what. How what did you come up with it? Yeah. Jump into the ring. You just learn the cipher, and then you know what to look for. I just. I first of all, I have a degree in language literature and criticism, and that's just literally what I'm freaking doing. Yeah. <laughs> I took yeah. a text and I broke it apart like I was taught to, you know. And I just happen to know the cipher to it that I'm sharing with everybody. So. All right, cool. I mean, that's what that's what I was asking, basically, is the inspiration behind it. Mm -hmm. There's a lot of cool stuff going on with digging the Bible, the canon, the canonical works apart these days, which has gotten me, as I wasn't raised in Christianity, mm -hmm. very much involved in a lot of the unraveling that's going on with people like you and gary wayne and other mm -hmm. there are a lot of really great people as out there far as work. i'm aware 
nobody is doing this the way that I'm doing it. Like, I think I have a, I have a, I've created a real crossover mainstream way to get this information out because they tend to allow fiction to slide through the censors. Oh yeah. Oh, that's old school. And everyone knows it. If you really want to get something through fictions your way. Look at Twyman's work. And interestingly enough, I don't talk politics. I don't talk like vaccines. I don't talk any of that kind of stuff. So I've done maybe, maybe like 120 podcasts since June and I've done maybe 70 original podcasts. And then some I've been on multiple times. Um, That's why I'm able to fly under the radar is because I don't, I don't engage in that kind of stuff. You know, so my episodes get left up on people's Rockfin and and YouTube and this and that. Yeah. Well, this is juicy stuff and it's very timely. Uh, And speaking of astrology, it's that, um, you know, we've got that, those immortal dates that come around every year. And this year they're uh, April 13th and 14th, which is a good day to, good time to start something new. Mm-hmm. And so hopefully that contract will come through around mm-hmm. that period because then you'll have that Thank added. You. Yeah. The added Every time something good happens to me, I have an astrologer that gives me a chart reading. Okay. Like it right. is so real, this science. And I don't get into like Vedic or any of that kind of astrology. Like I'm not going to sit there and tell you what Venus in your eighth house means. I'm not, that's not what I do. Yeah. You know, I have a different type of astrology background. What is your astrological background? Um, it's basically this. It's just understanding the zodiac and the constellations that they knew at the time. Yeah. No, I That's think you meant what? What's your sign? Oh, I'm. Uh, oh, I meant exactly. Oh, I'm sorry. He, I'm sorry. He, he answered it exactly right. Yeah, because we're talking Vedic or tropical or sidereal, and right. so yeah, you, you. Is it sidereal or sidereal? Sidereal. Well, I say sidereal, okay. but I'm not going to argue that point with. People. You say sidules too, so. I say <laughs> I say tinnitus. Some people say tinnitus, and both are correct. As you I say understand. tomato, I say tomato. Well, I know you guys are very intelligent. Um, <laughs> sort of. I, I don't mean that. I don't mean that like an asshole. No, I'm, I'm, being, I'm being serious. I appreciate you guys it. are very intelligent. And I hope I was able to teach you guys something new tonight. Oh, completely. Oh, yeah. I very much enjoyed this. In fact, I mean, we're still diving into it, but I was just getting some of those basics out of the way, and I find it very exciting. So I'm going to love to dive deeper into this material with you the further and you get with your series, especially. Sure. I will be reading those books. So I'm wondering, do you see a narrative unfolding with the code? at hand here so is there anything we can take away in a prophecy kind of way it's just encoded it's just encoded there's no rhyme or reason to it i showed you the pattern there is a pattern that's for sure but it's not a deeper meaning see you have to understand the bible is not entirely an astrological book okay every and by that i mean it is but not every line is like i'm an author i wrote six books not every line is part of the plot you know, they have filler. They have stories. Yes. You know, that's what the, that's what this basically is. However, when we're decoding, so if you spot a code, there's a reason for coding. And we've already addressed some of that with the uh, 
with the church at hand and uh it's really loud here today it's not usually and so i guess where i wanted to go with that was since it is a code since you've cracked this code or presented it in a edible way for people to consume it it seems like just the beginning yeah i mean i like i told you i'd love to come back on and do the book of enoch with you guys or the enuma Elish or the book of raziel and for those who don't know who raziel was he's the angel that was sent down to heaven to help adam and eve after they were kicked out of heaven to learn how to live outside of paradise he has a he has a gospel you know i decoded yes. that you could do it with all of them, even the Enuma Elish, which surprised me. But all these epic stories, these like stories could be decoded this way because this is the cipher to all of it. But that's where my question lies is, so we have a cipher here, we have a code, we have a means to crack the code. And now it seems like we need to use that information to see what the code means so right where where's the meaning or, here? or maybe it's just there to preserve the knowledge that's what it is that's what i am i'm a hundred percent on board with jerry it's to preserve the knowledge okay that's that's what it's for so that if there was ever uh, it's so that the ancients were reading this the ancients were reading the bible the way we were it was only at the council of nicaea that they turned it into a literal christianity mm -hmm. yeah it was not, they'd be, they'd be, they'd be shitting their pants if they knew we were taking this stuff literally. <laughs> Probably. Okay. I'm sure the Vatican's having a good laugh over it too. Yeah. So, uh, have you ever, are you familiar with Gematria, right? Uh, so Gematria and numerology, I, I base, I, I touch on it very briefly, mm -hmm. very briefly, but I, um, I don't get into it too. It's too interpretive yeah that's true it's too interpretive and i like to be able to prove a point right yeah. and that's so when they're talking about like seven heads and 10 horns and 11 stars or i mean when they talk about like in the book of revelation when they talk about the seven stars okay that's that's talking about the pleiades because that's right. the seven sisters right. so that that you could figure out but when you're talking about um other things it's just too interpretive i don't i don't it's interesting it really is kabbalah is a wonderful thing my mother's very heavily into kabbalah but um it it doesn't do it for me okay yeah it seems more i think the gematria stuff is more in line with the hebrew the language and the hebrew bible and right more so than the christian christian bible Someone right. also someone also asked about the the so-called thirteenth zodiac sign. Of, of, I can't pronounce it. Officious. I hate the sign. Hmm? I hate the sign. It's the snake bearer. It's Ophicus. Ophicus. Thank you. Ophicus. Yep. Ophicus. And it's bullshit. Do you saw all the signs that I just did yeah. in the in 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 the Bible in the Book of Matthew? Okay. If you add the thirteenth sign to it, none of it works. You don't get an even cross when you cross the solstices and the equinox. The days don't line up. Scorpio's only six days long. Some of them are six weeks long. It, it's, it's garbage. 
it's a psyop to keep him further away from this truth. Yeah, it's a disinformation campaign. It's disinformation. They tried to push it on us a few years back, yep. and people pushed back on it, and they let it go. Right. It's garbage. It's a gorgeous constellation, but right. it has nothing to do with the original Bible, as you can see. Yeah. If I threw a 13th sign in there, it would throw everything off, and then the signs would be lost. That's why they tried to do it. Yeah, of course. What were you, just for some groundwork, what were you raised religious? I was raised, my parents were conservative Jewish, and I was raised very heavily in, in temples in this. I never took to it, though. And my parents are still very religious to this day. Um, I don't think I'd be on the path that I'm on right now if, if I wasn't birthed into religious parents. Yeah. So I am grateful for that. I kind of realize it's part of my history but you're not a religion a religion is something that's non-tenable it's not a skin color it's not it's not a feature religion is not a feature you can be ethnically something for sure but if you're not like i don't consider myself jewish because i i just don't ascribe to it it's that simple no that's why i usually ask what religion people was were raised in um and so what do your parents think about this work you're doing? I don't think my dad really gets it, although he is my book editor. Because he's got that history in him and I, you know, it's a good way to connect. He doesn't, he, he watches it, he thinks some of it's interesting, but he still believes what he believes. My mother's more open to it. And when, so are you... So we just had Passover and all. Are you practicing at all? Do no, I don't practice anything. Yeah. I celebrate the solstices and the equinox and not in a pagan way either. I just kind of light a candle. Yeah. Well, it's the cross points and it, you know, yeah. Well, that's, so that's why I asked. It's always nice to understand where one comes from when we're talking about just so anything, what what you were raised in is a big part of how the world forms around you symbolically. And it gives right. others an idea in which the lens uh, you at least were brought up in, you know, the lens of the world you had. Right. So it does have some play there. Right. So should I tell you guys or your, your audience where to find my stuff? Sure. Okay. So I'm on Twitter and Facebook at Micah Dank. Uh, friend me, follow me. You can reach out to me. I also, I know in our, in the kind of community that we are, the kind of this sort of podcast community, uh, if you don't want to give money to Amazon, you can reach out to me direct or I'll reach out to you. I sell signed copies of my book series. So we just work something out with PayPal or Venmo, and then uh, you give me your mailing address and I send it to you. I send out hundreds of copies. I, I, I'm only going to the post office twice a month now because they just fill up so hard. Um, and that's, that's, I guess, that's basically it. Great. Nish, you have any more questions? No, that was, that was very informative and I'm excited to see where this all goes. Yeah. And we'd love to have you back to do like the book of Enoch or the other ones, uh, Raziel, was it? Raziel or the Enuma yeah. Elish. Sure. Yeah, Anytime. It'd be great. Yeah. 
Okay. Yeah. You guys have my info. Just keep me posted. I will. Thank you. My so April. Much. My yeah, April's completely, my April's completely filled though. Right. I got like 28 podcasts in April, but I've got <laughs> some spot in May. If you okay. guys want to do something then. All right. That'd be great. That'd be great. Okay. So thanks. It's been a real pleasure having you on here and very, very informative and really mind blowing stuff. It's interesting to say the least. Yeah. Thank you so much. Thank you, by the way. You're welcome. And uh, thanks everyone for listening. I know it's a short show tonight, but we cover a lot of a lot of ground. So stuff to keep in mind. So we'll see you all next week. Thanks again, Micah, and thank you, Nish. And thank you. I look forward to speaking to your fans. Yeah, we look forward to having you on again. Thanks thank again you. so much. Thanks. Take care. Bye.